0: Welcome to Zion Fellowship's Sermon of the Week. This podcast hosts the weekly Sunday message from Zion Fellowship, a spirit-led and life-giving local church in Canandaigua, New York, pastored by Mark Scorsone. We hope this resource encourages, challenges, and helps you on your journey with God. So whether you're driving, washing dishes, or sitting in your living room, let's prepare our hearts together as we hear the word of the Lord.
1: Hallelujah. Just gonna piggyback off of this in the time that I have left and talk about the call to outreach, where the call to outreach actually waters the seed to reaching out. And that how many of you guys know that uh, we are uh, saved for a purpose in this life, to get out of ourselves, to get out of our comfort zone? You've heard me share on this uh, a a while, and, and I think it's all coming into the plan of God of getting into the community Uh, of just being really disciples why did jesus have his disciples did he need somebody to a group of people just to um you know just to validate him and to you know just pat him on the back all the time no his purpose for disciples was to after he left and then we're in that that 40 days of after he left uh, where the disciples were working through their their expectations of, you know, Jesus dying on the cross, and now he's he's risen from the dead, and now he's visiting with them, and now things are starting to connect in their brain, um, and Jesus is going to leave the Holy Spirit. All the things are starting to happen. We're in that time period right now, and, and I feel like the Lord's put on our heart to be his hands and feet to this community. Amen? And so as he's ministering to us so faithfully up here and in your seats, it's for the purpose of of being his hands and feet to the community out there. So what does it mean to be a true disciple? Webster defines a disciple as a pupil or a follower of any teacher or school. A true disciple is not just a student or a learner, but a follower, one who applies what he has learned. Just let that go into the basement of our hearts. Apply what we have heard. Churches are full of people that hear the truth but don't apply it. God wants us to be the standard. He wants his church to be the standard of this, to love people, not condemn people, to reach out, to apply the things that we've learned, to apply the things that we've gone through and not have a pity party about it but know that it's been in preparation to reach the lost to reach the broken to reach the lonely that's why we are here yes we can have social events yes we can hang out and have meals together and i love all that stuff because that builds me up that edifies me and that that helps me in hard times but what about the people who don't know what we know who've never had one sin forgiven have never experienced the transforming love of Jesus Christ in their life. And they're driving around Canada, even now, looking for truth. And we sit here with truth on our lap. Who's gonna tell them? There's got to be somebody, sometimes, some group of people, they get in their brains and in our hearts that we're not called to do our own thing, but to rescue a dying world. Oh, you're not hearing me this morning. Thank you, Odell. Anytime you're here, I love it. But he's put it in our hearts. Romans ten fourteen and 15. How then will they call on him who they have not believed? And how will they believe in him who they have not heard? And how will they hear without a preacher? And how will they preach unless they are sent? Just as is written in Isaiah 52.7, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of good things. How many of you here have received the good news? How many of you have the good things? How beautiful are those who bring that to the world? Isaiah 52.7 says that. How beautiful are the feet of him who brings good news, who announces peace, and brings good news of happiness, who announces salvation, and says to Zion, and says to Zion, your God reigns. Thank you, sister. Can you see this in Wellspring? On the porch, in the courtyard. Zion, your God reigns. People being prayed for. Zion, your God reigns out on the streets when they're eating a, a hot dog that we're cooking. Hey, Zion, your God reigns because they've experienced an all-living God through feeble, broken people like you and me. This it should excite us as Christians to get out of ourselves, to get out of the way and say, God, in my brokenness, in my, in my weaknesses, in my, my comfortability, will you use me? Will you help me step out and be part of the solution, not part of the problem? Main Street is there for us. Come on, on on, uh, the week of January, January, listen to me, get away from me, January. On the week of July. (laughs) Get thee behind me, Satan, right? (laughs) July 9th or 10th, that week is the Arts Festival on Main Street. We are gonna have a presence there at the Wellspring House. In the courtyard, we're gonna have some live music playing. With all of our gifted uh, leaders and stuff, we're going to have stuff for kids. We're going to have people there to pray for people. I don't know what else is going to happen, but we're going to have you there. And you're going to be a part of all that's going on in the courtyard, in the front porch, in the house, in the back house. People coming and being, say it with me, sucked in. Sucked in. Let's bring them in and let's love on them. This church is built on a hill looking over the city of Canadagua. Nobody will set one foot in this building unless they experience and have heard the goodness of God in the Wellspring house right where they live. People like Eric and Robert walking the streets. We can walk. We can talk. We can pray. Is this stirring up something inside of you that's, hey, maybe I can give up a Saturday. Maybe I can't go on a two-week mission trip. If you can do that, that's great. But I can give up a Saturday I can give up an afternoon because, as Patty said, maybe that stuff just isn't as important as the people who have not had one sin forgiven, who haven't heard what you heard, who haven't experienced freedom. Are you perfect? No. Will they be perfect? No. But they will be set free and on a track and on a course To be used by God. See, Jesus wants fruit from our lives. He wants people to be saved. Bottom line. And that's where we come in. Just imagine someone driving around Canandaigua right now. Should I go to the lake? Should I go to the local bar? Should I go to this hangout that I always do? Just... It's just not real. It's just not missing something. Searching for truth. God break our hearts. I'm gonna show a video here of a, of an atheist, William Penn, not William Penn. Okay. Penn Teller. He's a magician. Sorry, William. Um, he does comedian stuff, uh, very blatant atheist. And this is his you can see, see the, the just at least I could see it in his little video thing that he wanted to share. It impacted him so much of this Christian guy who, who gave him a Bible and, and just what it did to his thinking. And I want you to be challenged by it because it challenged me.
0: I want to talk to you about this. Uh, I get home from the show and at the end of the show, uh, as I've mentioned before, we go out we, uh, I want to talk to you about this. Uh, I get home from the show and at the end of the show, uh, as I've mentioned before, we go out and we uh, we talk to folks and you know sign an occasional autograph and shake hands and so on and there was one guy waiting over to the side in the um, what I call the hover position. After I was all done, big guy, probably about my age, big guy, and um, he had been the um, the guy who has uh, picks the joke during our psychic comedian section of the show. Uh, so we had the props from that in his hand because we would give those away. He had the the joke book and the and the envelope and the paper and stuff. If you haven't seen the live show, eh, it's not worth explaining. But he had props from the show that we'd given him from the night before. Uh, he wasn't the guy that night, and he walked over to me and he said, um, "I was here last night at the show, and uh, uh, I saw the show and I liked it. And I wanted." It. And he was very complimentary about my use of language and. Um, complimentary about you know honesty and stuff He said nice stuff no reason to go into it he said nice stuff and then he said I brought this for you and he handed me a uh, Gideon pocket edition Um, I thought I said from the New Testament but I also thought it was Psalms from the New Testament right uh, Psalms from the just part of the New Testament little book about this big this thick, you know. He said, I wrote in the front of it, and I wanted you to have this. I'm kind of uh proselytizing. And then he said, I'm a businessman. I'm I'm sane. I'm not crazy. And he looked me right in the eye and did all of this. And uh It was really wonderful. I believe he knew that I was an atheist. But he was not uh, defensive and he looked me right in the eyes. And he was truly complimentary. It wasn't in any way, it didn't seem like empty flattery. He was really kind and nice And I've always thought that and I've written about that and I've thought of it conceptually. This guy was a really good guy. He was polite and honest and sane and he cared enough about me to proselytize and give me a a Bible which had written in it a little note to me. Uh, Not very personal, but just, you know, liked your show and so on. And then like five phone numbers for him and an email address if I wanted to get in touch. Now, I know... There's no God, and one polite person living his life right doesn't change that. Uh, but I'll tell you, he was a very, very, very good man, and uh, that's really important. And with that kind of goodness, uh, it's okay to have pray for that you. deep of a
1: disagreement. Lord, we pray for Penteller that you would have, have him look at one of those five numbers in that book, the Bible there, and to call somebody. I pray for his salvation where he says there is no God. Make yourself real to him. Lord, I, I just ask for a miracle to change his life, but to be challenged by his words here this morning in Jesus' name. You know, the things that I chuckle at is that we all know exactly what he was talking about, that little Gideon Bible, with the New Testament and Psalms, even though he thinks Psalms is in the New Testament. But they don't know. And who's going to tell them? And that statement of how bad do you have to hate somebody not to proselytize breaks my heart because bottom line is that it's a risk over my comfort could be rejected over being accepted obedience over my fear he wants us to be farsighted and not nearsighted how much do you have to hate somebody the word proselytize means to persuade to preach, to evangelize, and I love this last one, to agitate. (laughs) It comes natural. Jesus agitated a lot of people with the truth and love. So what keeps us back? And I'm in that whole group of we. evangelism and cold contact evangelism and all that stuff is, for someone who's an introvert, that's really a struggle. But does my comfort really matter over their salvation? That's why I think God has given us wellspring. And I want to use that place to see people by the hundreds get saved, where they could come in and say, I got sucked in and I got loved on, and I couldn't go back, even if I wanted to. The heart of God weeps for the broken lives that are spread throughout our community and this world. And see, when he puts his love on us, or when he puts his spirit on us, It's a spirit to love people with a compassionate love, not to condemn or to bring down. That's why I think he was saying that religion's done a lot of bad stuff. But this is where the Spirit of God can do the ultimate thing by loving people, accepting them, and bringing them in because someone did that to us. How much do we have to hate somebody not to proselytize? God, forgive me. Forgive me for my comfort. Forgive me for even a country club attitude. May this community shout to Zion that our God reigns. Can we be a part of that? It's got to be a group of people, and I think I'm looking at you, that are willing to put Jesus Christ first and ourselves second. To be willing to take a risk, even though it's uncomfortable. But when God uses you, and when you place your hand on somebody, and they begin to break over the love of God that is all-consuming, all-changing... That'll wreck you forever. May we be a willing vessel, Lord. I ask for Your Spirit to come on us that would just love people in their place, in their mess, because we were loved in our mess. And then when we that that when you come in and you do something in their lives, Lord, then they become disciples, Christ followers. And Lord, we heard last week that he, he wants us to make more and better disciples, and he wants people to be saved. Zion, that is us. Amen. To bring people in, to have them experience the salvation of Jesus Christ and become Christ's followers, applying the word of God to our lives that changes us, that we may be in the world but not of it, that we're set apart for such a time as this. So if you agitate somebody because of your love for them, that's a good thing. It's an attracting thing. Persuade, preach, evangelize, and agitate. I don't know if that T-shirt would turn off people or ask them to ask questions. (laughs) I'm willing to give it a shot. Last illustration, and I think I've shared this with you before, but it's just it's a powerful illustration of evangelism. It's the starfish, one where hundreds of starfish were washed up on the beach. And there was an elderly man out there picking them up and throwing them back. A teenage boy was out there, and he's like, what are you doing? You can't possibly save all these starfish. What does it matter? And the elderly man picked up this starfish. He says, it matters to him, this one. And he threw it back in. Bigger picture. Who is the one person that God might bring across our path if we give up a Saturday? See, I'm not not trying to bring any condemnation. I'm giving you an opportunity to be his hands and feet. Well, I got this issue and I'm so busy with all that. Yeah, I understand. But here I am, wholly available. Isaiah 6, as the worship team comes back up. Isaiah, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on the throne, high and exalted, and his train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings, and with two wings they covered their faces, and with two they covered their feet. And with two they, they were flying, and they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, the whole earth be full of his glory. At the sound of their voices at the doorpost and the threshold shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined, for I'm a man of unclean lips, and I live among unclean people with unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King, the Lord God Almighty. And then one of the seraphims flew to me with a live coal in his hands, and he had taken the tongs from the altar. And with it, he touched my mouth and said, See that, he has tu- that this has touched your lips, and your guilt is taken away, and your sin is atoned for. And then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Who shall I send, and who will go for us? And I said, Hear my Lord, send me. Here, my Lord, send me. I'm going to close with this song, and then uh, the worship team's going to pick up after it. It's an oldie back in the 80s, so I'm really dating myself with my mustache and millet, mullet at the time. But it's a song called People Need the Lord. Keith Green, Twila Paris. many people have sang it. But the words will be up there. And I'm asking you to make this a prayer for you, for us that we are here in this beautiful building with a vision of touching the community. And I don't care how old you are, how young you are, what you've had in your past, I want to put it in the enemy's face and set people free for their future. And so when the song is playing and when we go into worship, I just want you to come and make an altar to the Lord and just saying, here I am, Lord, whatever you're asking me to do for whatever season, and we have countless things that are going to be happening at the Wellspring House. In a couple weeks, we're going to show a video of one of the first things that we're going to do there. There's so many different ways we could use these two buildings. And we need your ideas. We need you to help out. Because the Wellspring won't happen without you carrying the vision of it. So whatever you have to deal with or lay at the altar let this be a summer of ministry on main street for those who don't know what we know so go ahead and play that song and anytime during the song you want to come up and make an altar rededicate our lives to the lost and to the lonely and to the hurting <laughs> We hope this
0: message has encouraged and challenged you in your walk with God. This podcast is a resource of Zion Fellowship, a spirit-led and life-giving local church in Canandaigua, New York. If you would like to learn more about us, visit us on our website at zionfellowship.net. Blessings to you as you continue your day.